going on, everybody? It's time for the Binge Boys podcast, episode 259. Wow, we're running up on that 300 number. (laughs) (laughs) We're here for an episode of The Run-Through. Happy Spider-Man No Way Home Day. Tanner and I got lucky enough to grab seats for tonight's showing of the movie uh, for Thursday night. However, uh, it was originally thought that I was only going to get to go Friday night. I know a whole day earlier, but it's really just trying to avoid the spoilers on social media. That's all it is. Yep. Um, so me and Tanner were able to to fly in and uh, and, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 see the movie, but. Nonetheless, we're all going to see the movie. We're all going to bring our takes next week. But yeah, before or yeah, before then, (laughs) I got turned around. We're uh, we're watching we're watching the Amazing Spider-Man duology. Is that the series? the 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 two movies? How do you say that? I think duology is technically correct. I I like that word a lot. Say yeah. Um. As I said, I like that word a lot. It reminded me of that cringy Justin Bieber interview from when he was like 12. Have you seen this? When he's like with the reporter and she starts giggling and he's like, I like that laugh. I don't, oh, <laughs> Just like I don't. mocks her to her face. <laughs> it's, the, it's the best thing ever. It's one of my favorite videos ever. It's, well, it's awesome. I'll have to send it to you later. Yeah, but um, good, guys, uh, description link. Yeah, Absolutely. Guys, welcome back to another episode of the Binge Boys. I'm Logan, and Matt and Tanner are with me. You can hear the boys are back for the run through. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. If this is your first time, every Thursday we have an episode of the Binge Boys, which is where you're here now, entitled the Run Through. On these episodes, I'm joined by my co-hosts here or a particular random co-host. We got some awesome co-hosts lined up for 2022 to talk about some awesome flicks, but they're all people who want to dive in on a particular series or um, uh, a particular series or, or, or movie. And and we kind of break it down piece by piece and, uh, and, and give it an in-depth review. First things first, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Binge Boys Pod. That's where you get announcements, uh, <laughs> top five lists, uh, and other content for social media. And then make sure wherever you listen to podcasts, you leave us a rating and you're, that you're subscribed. It helps us out a lot. Um, did I say Sam Raimi? No, you didn't. I just like didn't remember that he that Mark Webb was the director, and just on our little uh, video oh. screen here, it says Mark Webb Spider Man. Oh yes, like, yes. Who the hell is Mark Webb? On? Oh yeah. I, like <laughs> I don't even know pun. if that's the correct correct spelling of his name. To be honest, I'm just pretty sure yeah. it's not spelled with a K. It's M A R C W E B B. Good job. Sweet. Um. So guys, we're talking about the Amazing Spider Man series. We'll talk about each one individually for a few minutes. And then we'll kind of talk about what worked with them, what didn't work, and uh, you know what, how it was maybe a little different from Sam Raimi's and Tom Holland. This this could either be a really really short episode or really really long, but we're gonna probably hit somewhere right in the middle, right around that that golden forty five minute mark. So we'll get right into it. Sure. 
Um, the Amazing Spider-Man was released July 3rd, 2012, directed by Mark Webb, starring Andrew Garfield as the title role. Emma Stone uh, as Gwen Stacy. Rise Ifans, I hope I'm saying his name right, as Dr. Kurt Connors slash The Lizard. The great Sally Field as Aunt May. Real and good. Martin Sheen as Uncle Ben. The synopsis is after Peter Parker is bitten by a genetically altered spider, he gains newfound spider-like powers and ventures out to save the city from a mysterious reptilian foe. Box office-wise, this budget uh, for the movie was $230 million to make this thing. That is a lot of money. <laughs> Um, opening weekend, it made only $62 million, which seems very low for a movie of this size. I mean, and, oh, no. I was going to say the last Spider-Man movie they saw before this one, <sighs> Spider-Man 3. True, true, so, true. Damaged. The brand was damaged, boys. It, it's, it's true. <laughs> it, it was critically and fan wise. Spider-Man 3 did not do as well as the other two. And yeah, people were probably skeptical. Plus new actor, new faces. People were skeptical, mm-hmm. um, but it's all-time box office run. It made just shy of $800 million, uh, which is a lot critic-wise. Uh, do you guys have the scores pulled up in front of you, or do you want to take a wild guess here? For Critic and, critic and audience. Um, I would say critic, 62, audience, 75. Tanner? Critic. <laughs> I nailed it. That's why I can't think of it. I crushed it. Critic is 50. Audience is in the 70s. 70s. Yeah. Um, critics, actually 72%. Pretty decent. Uh, An audience, 77. So very, very close there. That's um, weird when they're always so close. I don't know it, what that means about the movie, but. <laughs> I don't know. Um, less polarizing of a movie, I guess. I guess, yeah. Um. So yeah, we can we can kind of just generally talk Tanner, what does the amazing Spider-Man mean to you? Just this first one for now. I just well, I don't know. I mean, it's more of like a childhood type of movie, just watching it just cuz it looked cool. The CGI was good, so it looked more real, so that's what I looked at more often as a kid. Just cuz, you know, Spider-Man swinging, that's all you ever want to see, and then watching Toby swing is a little painful once in a while. Especially nowadays, it's very painful. <laughs> but yeah, it just means a, it's a good childhood flick. You know? Upon rewatching it with me the other day, were you reminded like, oh, this is better than I remember it or worse yes, than I remember like, it? The first one's better than I remember it. The first one. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> uh, Matt, what where, where are you at? Better than you remember it? Uh, kind of right where you were? Yeah. So I had... Until I rewatched it for this, I only saw it the one time in the theater. So, but it still was just like a good but not great movie, just like as a whole. Um, I thought it was like a little bit long. It, I mean, it's going to be when you have to do the whole origin story again. There's just certain <laughs> certain beats you have to hit with it, which, you know, I'm, I sort of have two minds about. Um, yeah, I thought it was a weird amount of things they chose to 
change from the Sam Raimi movies, but a weird amount they like kept very similar. Like the, I mean, the origin story is the origin story. Um, but then they chose to like focus on his relationship, like with his parents being like a thing. Um, I mean, or like trying to track them down or, you know, whatever it was. Um, and like the, the villains are different. So I, I just think it, it's, I can't say it's like a, you know, complete reboot or reimagining. It's like just shy of me being able to to give it that distinction. So it's just kind of like a, a spinoff almost. Yeah. Yeah. I, upon rewatching it, was for the most part surprised at how... I think I, with the exception of maybe one or two other times, had only really seen it in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I think it, to Tanner's point, I think it looks really good. Like CGI yeah. is very good here. Yeah, that um, was a good point on Tanner. I meant to mention this one definitely, I know we'll get to this later, but in terms of looks, it has aged better than the Sam Raimi, just in pure looks, like the setup. Yeah, totally, 100%. Just looks really good. Um, I think Tanner and I pointed this out, and maybe you'll agree, Matt. Um, just the scenes of him web-slinging look awesome. Really like, good, really good. Um, some, I mean, we've seen them all, all the angles at this point, whether it's from video games or whatever, but there were still even shots in both of these both of the movies i was like that's a really unique like way to show the the web slinging and it looks really good yeah i think um the video games do it very well too um but yeah man th- this movie uh the two the both movies really show you i think especially with like the third person views like the camera almost like it's or the first person view sorry almost as if like the GoPro is attached to his head or his chest. Like, yeah, yeah. Those are awesome sequences. Um, But I I think the movie suffers. I think from just like the whole, the weakest part of these two movies, I think is their, need or their the fact that they tried to explore what's what's going on with peter's parents yeah yeah this um this will likely inform you know tip my cap on my thinking about the second one but they to to use a metaphor this seems like that person at work who is just hyper focused on like efficiency and like making sure like all their planning is like all said it takes them like all day to like set up their computer and stuff and then they just never work so it's like with this movie they put in all this work to set up like sequels and other villains and like whatever but then they're like oh and we'll just make it a good movie too like we don't have to worry about that it's just gonna like come together it's like no you have to put like think about the early mcu movies like they put those little easter egg that's exactly what they were. They were little teaser connector things in the end credit scene, but they made the whole movie stand on its own. And they had characters from the comics that they could then like pick up and put down later, but they didn't, you know, flash the doc Ock arms and the vulture wings, like in your face, like this movie does or have Felicia, the assistant, who's definitely a reference to a black cat. Like, I was like, dude, come on, just chill out. Just focus on making a good movie. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I feel a lot of things about that. I, I didn't realize that until I started and couldn't stop. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll definitely dive into that way more in the second one. Um, in terms of the villain of this movie, um, I often, I only really ask the question when I think it's necessary to ask it, but do you empathize at all? Of course, pre like i'm gonna go to the city and nuke it with my lizard gas like the fact that he wants to like cure people with like polio and 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 stuff like that like he wants to cure crippled people people who are missing an arm or a leg amputees and stuff like that do you empathize at all with what he's trying to do or do you still think from the get-go maybe he was like ah this guy's a little crazy um Well, I mean, definitely the ending, the end, like when he's trying to turn them on the lizards, that's freaking retarded. But the, the beginning, sorry, but the beginning, <laughs> like it is, but it is a comic book storyline, though. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. But like, um, but like at the beginning, it totally makes sense. He seemed like a really good guy at the beginning. That's, mm-hmm. I didn't notice that until watching it older now. You sure. Know? The, uh, to borrow the run through phrasing, the villain had a point but only to a point like he definitely uh surpassed that point and his his mind just uh just went he was just going too too hard at it went kadonka donk yeah yeah uh, you know he he was a generally a good dude very um i hadn't thought of this reference until just now but very norman osborn like in terms of like the board fires him from his job yeah and- and I, I just put that parallel together just now. Like Norman kills them at the parade. Uh, this guy kills the, the, you know, the Indian guy in on the bridge. Like, uh, very like revenge-driven madness. Uh, but also like when me and Tanner were watching, I didn't catch the first time watching this movie. Like the voices in the guy's head, like that were telling him and whispering to him and. There's a lot of like cool sequences that way, but um, I think the lizard was was a cool villain. It was cool to see him. Um, He looks good, I think. Um, CGI looks a little weird just because his head is a weird shape. I think, and you know, in the comic books, the lizard has like a snout, whereas this guy just kind of has like a humanoid-looking lizard look. Uh, Mm. But other than that, I think the villain was pretty dope. I mean. Uh, the lizard it's just he's just iconic so um i I think that's that's that on the villain there's there's not another villain in the first movie right it's only the second one that kind of gets a little ahead of itself yeah uh, in terms of villains just i'm ready more on that later (laughs) yeah yeah um how about how about spider-man and gwen I i think that's the best thing this series has to offer i think so i think um it's a difference in in name only, but all I don't. I mean, it definitely. I feel like I'm going back and forth in these statements whether I'm saying I like it or not. But yeah, I I think having those two actors, like they're both just great, like capital A actors, clat like you know lots of skill in both of them, and they just had really really great chemistry um, right off the bat. And yeah, I think that um, that Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker is definitely a lot better than Andrew Garfield as Spider Man. Yeah, Ooh. that's 
that's that's that's the argument. I I, I think I think the opposite. I think hmm. I think he just as Peter Parker like I I never saw Peter and I didn't read the comic books so mm-hmm. I, so I don't know. But Peter is like a skateboarder like dickhead because he's he's kind of a dick in this movie. He's a, a dick bit. to Uncle Ben. He's a dick to Aunt May. I mean, he's um, the only kid. He's a kid. It's, tr- it's true. Yeah. He he is he is a junior. I don't even think they really give you an age. Um, he's probably a junior or senior in high school. I think he's a senior in the second one, and they make the implication that he's been Spider Man for a little while. So we can say junior. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I really love Aunt May. I love Sally Field as Aunt May. I think she does a real good job as being like the protective like aunt. Um, the Uncle Ben scene is heartbreaking only because Sally Field's performance sells it. Like her sitting there at the dinner table just crying her eyes out. Like I was like, damn, this is heavy. Like I think these movies get the reputation that these are the dark Spider-Man movies. Like yeah, they're, they're darker than darker, yes. Than yeah. Sam Raimi's movies. I guess of the three, I mean, of the th- three Spider Men, they're the the darkest. I mean, well, they did try to make Spider Man three dark, but you'll see how that ended up. So they can't they can't wear that title. Yeah, um, I, I don't guess. know. I, I have a love. Ha- I, I no, I don't. Yeah, I'm I'm completely re- retracting the statement I was about to make. Because I don't hate this movie at all. I think it's enjoyable. I think it's a good Spider-Man movie. Sure. Um, there's a lot of really cool things about the movie, but it just doesn't. Uh, it makes me wonder if the Sam Raimi movies were made f- second rather than first, would we feel the same way? Good point. Like, is Sam is Tobey Maguire only the goat in many people's eyes because he was the first? I think. He is the goat because he has the look of the original Peter Parker from the comics, just, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a little like dumpy mm-hmm. guy. And then even though he gets a lot of, you know, people love to roast him for it, like the face acting, I think goes a long way, especially. It, <laughs> it, so I feel like it matches the style of Sam Raimi's directing, which is just like a lot of close-ups a lot of like weird pants so i think having someone that can like give you all that emotion just in a really tight shot is just like a marriage of your actors and your directors that didn't not exist with this with uh the amazing spider-man but it definitely feels less like a single director's movie and just kind of like a spider-man movie that was created by a committee whose job was to make a Spider-Man movie that's going to make them money. Yeah. Yeah. That makes that makes total sense. Guys, what's Aunt May's first name? May May, May is her name. May Parker. I feel like Tanner was trying to troll us and you broke his brain. I he definitely that's exactly he was probably being like, yo, what, what's Aunt May's? We've never heard her name yeah. before. Her name is May. I have two no, coins. Totally. You nailed it. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, what the, I, what's her name? And the doctor, the doctor was his mother. <laughs> that riddle. Rip. I can't, 
I can't operate on that boy. He's my son. <laughs> Rip to Tanner's potential, like whatever he was tr- planning. <laughs> sure. Or were you, or, or were you legit just posing that question because you don't know? I didn't know. Oh my god, that's amazing. Sheesh. I call myself a Spider-Man fan. Uh, do you guys want to hear some trivia about the Amazing Spider-Man? Sure. Some of these are pretty good. Uh, like the fact that during shooting breaks, Andrew Garfield would go around New York City playing basketball with kids in his Spider-Man yeah, outfit. I saw that. There's, there's footage of that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good stuff. Um, Andrew Garfield really wanted to do most of his stunts himself practically without using steady uh, CGI. Which didn't happen because there's a lot of not there's a lot of non-practical effects in this movie. Um, Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield began dating during filming, so their chemistry of lovey-dovey stuff is real, hmm. kind of. Um, let's see here. <laughs> Uh, oh, this is cool. Before filming, Rise Ifans researched his role by meeting several real handicapped people who have missing limbs. He spent one month performing his daily activities using only his left hand, including tying a tie. The script had a small snippet written where Connors ties a tie, but was not filmed because it was way too time consuming. That would be tough. Yeah, imagine just a 10 minute scene of watching the lizard try to tie a tie. <laughs> as soon as you said to prepare for his role I was like what is he about to say that he spent a bunch of time with lizards well, that's what you're going to say you never know he went to the aquarium what it, what are they, the, the zoo and hung out with lizards all day you guys probably know this but the average viewer might have forgotten this film marks the first time the lizard is on screen although Kurt Connors appears in Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3 played by Dylan Baker uh the character never became became the lizard, despite strong hints, and uh, there were script treatments that were never greenlit for a fourth or fifth Sam Raimi movie, which would have included him becoming the lizard and being Peter's final foe. That'd be awesome. Which was cool because, and we'll get to what the Amazing Spider-Man could have done. But they had a character that was in Spider-Man 2, and they weren't planning on him being the villain until Spider-Man 4 or 5. Like, having him in the universe, interacting with Peter for a few movies before he finally went off the edge, that's world-building there. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying, what my uh, accidental tirade was about. Ooh, this is good. So this dives into what happened to Spider-Man 4 and why The Amazing Spider-Man happened. Bear with me there. It's a, it's a quite a few sentences. Um, and then we'll, we'll cop off uh, and, and dive into the second movie a little bit. Um, originally conceived as Spider-Man 4, a direct sequel to the original trilogy, Sony had, done, had began pre-production before opting to make this movie as a reboot instead. Sony renegotiated contracts with Tobey Maguire and Kristen Dunst and Sam Raimi, uh, who each received $30 million for the previous trilogy. Uh, for another three-picture deal, so they were going to do four, five, and six. Mm. Uh, scripts were commissioned for the writers, each writer earning... Uh, we don't need to know that. Um, 
this story for Spider-Man 4 would have introduced the Vulture as the main villain. Raimi initially approached Ben Kingsley for the role, uh, but Ben turned it down, so he casted John Malkovich, which uh, is dope. John Malkovich is a really good actor. Uh, Malkovich was actually supposed to play Norman Osborn in the original series, but couldn't because of scheduling conflicts. Um, Anne Hathaway would have played Black Cat uh, in Spider-Man 4 as well. Um, Later on, they were going to give her her own spinoff, but there were also plans in either Spider-Man 4 or 5 to have Anne Hathaway play Black Cat, but then make her transition into the Vultress, which is a female version of the Vulture. Um, However, she didn't do this because she was preparing for her role in the dark Knight rises um Raimi wanted also dylan baker to return as kurt connors to transform into the lizard however sony vetoed that idea with development costing costs skyrocketing over a hundred million dollars and with Raimi unhappy with the versions of the scripts rising tensions between Raimi and mcguire sony opted in 2010 to cancel the film and reboot the series instead Rami, for his part, has said it was the best decision ever and that he hated how much the studio interfered with Spider-Man 3, making him write Venom into the script halfway uh, uh, through filming the third movie. So there was a part of this movie of of Spider-Man 3 that wasn't even going to have Venom, Uh, but the studio forced, hey, we want Venom. Um, But that's that's really... uh, it for for good trivia for spider-man or the amazing spider-man um is there anything that you guys caught that aged poorly about this movie or aged or aged really well i i think we just stated that the cgi just looks incredible yeah um but other than that there was nothing i caught that was like ooh, that's that's a little iffy i mean these movies weren't were only made 10 years ago or seven years ago so it's not like they're super old yeah i can't think of anything that was like out of date and it's not really even that like out of line with how like superhero movies are made now um i feel like sort of the mix of you know lighthearted humor but then sort of obviously having a an emotional center to it is is common throughout which you know uh, yeah i can't really think of anything that's aged poorly per se i think it's just you know could have been better yeah (laughs) it's great it is a good movie of course yeah we, the reviews we have listed here is Tanner is A minus. Matt and I both gave it a B. Mm-hmm. Tanner, any other closing thoughts on the original Amazing Spider-Man before we have some fun? I just love the way he does Spider-Man. Just such a jackass. Like sneezing on the dude's balls. Yeah, like, like sneeze. Let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase you that. could have re- reworded that one. Uh, yeah. Sneezing webs. Yeah, there you go. Onto his nope. crotch area. Yes. <laughs> small knives is that a knife oh it's my weakness small knives he gave off deadpool vibes in that scene yes it was awesome so how did he get in that car he's spider-man don't ask questions i mean <laughs> the, the guy got in that car and he was just in the back seat how did he get in there maybe i i don't know i don't expect you to have these answers tanner let's move oh, on and shit. talk about the second film in the franchise entitled could you guess it the Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, I thought it would be 4. 
<laughs> the Amazing Spider-Man 2 uh, was directed by Mark Webb. Very many uh, returning cast. Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, Sally Field, Jamie Foxx as Electro, Dane DeHaan as Harry Osborn slash the Green Goblin, Paul Giamatti as Alexi Sexsevage or the Rhino. Um, the movie was released just two years later after the original in 2014. However, uh, my IMDb just got weird. Oh, here it is. Okay, we're good. Um, yes, this movie was two hour or two hours and twenty two minutes, about twenty minutes longer than the first movie, uh, which just doesn't, it, which isn't great. Um, the movie was released in May second, twenty fourteen. That's it. Finally, uh, thanks for the. Thanks. IMDb updated their site layout and it's just, uh, it's just bad. Um, it ain't it. Yeah, it ain't it. Uh, the synopsis on IMDb uh, for this movie is when New York is put under siege by Oscorp, it is up to Spider-Man to save the city. He swore to protect as well as his loved ones, uh, which is fine. Budget wise, this was another $200 million movie. Opening weekend, $91.6 million, which is $30 million more than the first film did. So that's good people confident in Andrew Garfield. Um, and then all time, it made less than the first movie did, uh, clocking over just over $700 million. You guys want to take a guess at the Rotten Tomato score for this movie? 40 critics and audience. Uh, 28 for critics, 48 for audience. I said, yeah, I'm guessing 40, 40, 40 and 40 critics gave this movie a 52%, which is a lot higher than I thought it was going to be. Audience gave it a 64, which is also a lot higher than I thought that they would give them. Um, Okay. Tanner, I want you to talk about the movie first. (laughs) It's a Spider-Man movie. So I still enjoy it. But the Green Goblin was terrible. Absolutely terrible. Electro was just weird. That's just not at all how Electro is. You mean Electro isn't an incel? Yeah, Electro <laughs> doesn't can't freaking turn into nothing and then go through an you know electrical current and try I don't know. It's so weird. The Green Goblin's laugh sucked ass. <laughs> I don't know. I can't even mimic it. It was it was pathetic. I, I would do a better job. Logan in the in the middle of the movie, Logan went. I would do a better job than that actor right there, which he would, in about probably ninety percent of the population too. He wasn't ready also, for that. Also, shouts to BJ Novak that was in this movie for five oh, yeah. minutes. Two scenes, yeah. Sneak. We didn't see his death scene after Mac. And by the way, Max, you know. It's Electro, but goddamn, man. People... He remembered my name. Jeez, it, that got so annoying. He, Isn't it? I, mental health is very seriously, and that man needed to put it's a lot more him. effort into maintaining his own. Oh, my God, I know. But so, yeah, it's yeah. Spider-Man, so like, I like it. But, I mean, and the CGI still is super good. But uh, I, I, I want to pose this question to both of you before yeah. I let Matt just go off. Uh, yeah, fuck me. I want to hear what he says. No, 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 no. Sorry. I'll give my quick no. thoughts too, and then I'll let Matt go off. Um, 
I think the same thing you think, Tanner. This is a Spider-Man movie, so I enjoy it to an extent. However, Matt's analogy for the first movie, what he said, this felt like a movie that was just a giant setup for, I think Sony got confident and they were Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, Andrew Garfield is our guy. He's going to be playing the role for years. Let's green light a bunch of shit and then tease it in this movie it was a very batman versus superman movie um and and it suffers because of it because i think if they didn't do that this movie could have been so much better uh number one we said it last week or last week 20 minutes ago uh the parents stuff could have been gone. Cut yeah. the parent shit out, man. Yeah. The only benefit that mm-hmm. had was basically giving him a new lab for the next movie, in my mind. Right. Like, if you could, and, and again, if you cut out all the family stuff, the parent stuff, this movie's under two hours. Like, it, yeah. When me and Tanner watched it the other day, we literally forwarded through the entire train station sequence where he finds the coins, goes to the subway station, because there's no payoff. That goes nowhere. And maybe that's not our fault. It's the studio's fault for rebooting again. But I even left before the whole movie ended. I I think you did. I had to Um, go. I was like, this this ain't worth being late for. They try way too much to, to set shit up. And yeah, I think that... Dane DeHaan could have done really good as Harry Osborn and the Green Goblin if he had been given time to grow, but it was another thing where I feel like they wrote him into the script where they were like, wait, Electro's a really, really, really big villain, but you know what would make it even better if we wrote in the Green Goblin, you know, the most famous Spider-Man villain ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, If we wrote him in, um, Matt, very jumbled on my thoughts, but no, you're good. But I, I want to let you go off, and then we'll we'll basically just use your review as our talking points. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. So yeah, man, this my classic line. This movie's a mess, just like <laughs> all over the place. A like so yeah, the villain issue. There's too many of them. Forced in the Green Goblin. I mean, even forced in the Rhino. The Rhino was there for no point, for no reason. I agree. It was, Literally just to set up a Sinister Six movie that we never got, so it was wasted time. They paid Paul Giamatti way too much money. Probably spent the whole day filming that one dumb rhino scene that's literally just 30 seconds. Um, my girlfriend was at the store and then like came home, like in the scene where you know it jumps over him not being Spider-Man for four months. You know, the whole point of Spider the other Spider-Man 2. That was like the yeah. whole conflict of the movie. And I was like, oh, we can like work that in too. Um, and then like, she's like, oh, another, like, is this like the middle of it? It looks like it's about to be a fight scene. I'm like, no, just wait. So that he like picks up the sewer lid, fights off those two missiles. And then it ends. She's like, okay. Uh, all right. Just, yeah. <laughs> so like, just from that standpoint, like the villains are all just like set up. But I feel like there is a way they could have still done that, but like kept a lot of the integrity of it. Just basically spread that Green Goblin arc across like two movies, maybe something where he does give him his blood, but that's the reaction that makes him like go evil, like with his like meds or whatever. But it takes like time for it to, you know, decay, gamma radiation. I don't know. I'm not a writer of these movies, but that's what you can do. So, yeah. And then. 
Jamie Foxx. Okay. Oh, the- I'm, I'm very curious about this. So you pay for one of the most multi-talented men in Hollywood. And then, so first you dress him up into a huge dork that's, you know, kind of charming. And then in about 10 minutes later, you just cover him with blue CGI for the rest of the movie. Like, you you want the guy you want, but I just feel like you overpaid. Like, yeah, well, like the Electra that we're about to see is the one they should have done. Like, his mm-hmm. face. That's who he is anyways. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, I know they're trying to, like, make it, you know, more serious. It was, like, right after The Dark Knight, so all superhero movies had to have some level of, like, realism, but... Okay, so you make him like look not like super silly, but yet you have him fall into a vat of electric eels and then he becomes made of electricity. Like what? You you can't have both those things like I don't know. It's just like silly. I felt like the Peter and Gwen relationship wasn't like believable in this one. Like in the first scene of them like together, Peter's like, Oh, I can't do this. I just see your dad. And then by the end he's like, I don't care. I'm like, well, I really don't think anything's changed so you're just being really confusing to this poor poor woman um and also why is he watching fourth grader battery tutorials on youtube when he just graduated from specifically like a science high school (laughs) i yeah i know i know you don't have you guys don't have the answers for me and if you do you're you know making a lot more money than I expected. But yeah, man, it's just like from a visual standpoint, I think it holds up just as well as the first one. It like looks cool, but just any degree of scrutiny with the plot and it just, it falls apart, man. There's just way too much going on. And it's like, uh, just not good. I think D plus is what I gave it. I think you did. Maybe flat D, I don't know. You know, something too good. I, I hadn't yeah. seen it in years. I I hadn't either, and I had forgotten how infuriating the the Green Goblin stuff was. Oh, yeah, I mean, they could have done something really cool with like Norman Osborn has a rare blood disease that makes him literally a goblin. That is cool. Right. And all of a sudden, like Catherine pointed this out because she had never seen any of the Spider Man movies, and she's watching these. And she goes, oh, my God, he he's turning into a goblin. That's crazy. And then his dad says, like, oh, by the way, it's genetic. You're going to die of this, too, you piece of shit. And then Catherine and then, like, Dane DeHaan is doing the whole, like, I'm dying. And Catherine's like, already? What? You just found out you got the disease. Yeah. Like, how is he already, like, all right, here, here's the timeline of events. Step one, his dad is dying. Step two, his dad says, you're dying. Step three. He has never seen a sign that he is dying. But all of a sudden, after dad says he's dying, he's starting to have scales on his neck. He's starting to have finger twitches and shit. Like he he's only dying because his dad says he's dying. Yeah. Otherwise, he would have never known until his skin started to turn green. He got him sick. Uh, Yeah. He he gave him the Rona. Like, (laughs) like, like, man. the Green Goblin is so important to Peter's life and Peter's story. It's such a personal story. Um, and the fact that they just were like, let's write it in here. It it just, 
it feels so wasted, man. It, it's it's the same thing about Venom. It's the same Venom story. The studio probably wanted the Green Goblin, so Mark Webb was like, fuck, I guess we got to write in the Green Goblin. Um, or who knows? Maybe Mark Webb wanted the Green Goblin. I think this could have been a really good Electro story if they kept Electro by himself. Yeah. But, of course, they can't do more than uh, – they can't do more than one villain. Or mm-hmm. they can't only have one villain. They got to have more than one for some reason. They can't just make one movie, I mean, with, with one villain. It, it just can't happen, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, um, the the Spider-Man 3 effect creeped into this one a, lo- a a whole movie early. And Paul Giamatti, yeah, you planted the seed at the beginning of the movie. He says he's Alexi Savage. The comic book nerds are like, "Oh my god, he becomes the Rhino." Leave it at that. Yeah. Sp- the Amazing Spider-Man 3 could have had in Oh, look, Alexi Savage, that guy from the second movie, they hit him up. They want him to be the Rhino. Great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Not Hey, at the beginning of the movie, you're going to prison. Hey, Alexi Sixsevich broke out of prison. How? We don't know. The weird dude in the trench coat and the hat says, I am putting together a team. And and Dane DeHaan is like, I want it to be a small group, maybe six. It's like, God damn it, man. <laughs> also, I like, I don't know. Maybe this is just like a business thing. But if he was kicked out as CEO, is he still like the majority owner? Or did he have to give up his shares? So is he just like... Does he even have the resources to do this? I, I don't know. Yeah, like I mean, and we'll never get that answer because they stopped making these movies. Which... And why? Like, clearly, ever since the end of the first movie, they want to do the Sinister Six thing. And you know who else wants the Sinister Six movie? Absolutely everybody. Right, but. We're willing to wait for something good. Like That's what we're about to get. Our Sinister Six was going to be the Green Goblin, the Rhino, the Vulture, Doc Ock, and probably two other mechanized animal villains. Um, and, and, you know, it's just, it just makes me sad because I know that those movies could have been great because I like Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. Me I think too. he's a solid Spider-Man. I really like Emma Stone, but same thing to what Matt said. The relationship just feels weird in this movie. Yeah. Like, you guys had pr- damn near perfect chemistry in the first movie, mm-hmm. like rivaling Tobey Maguire and Kristen Dunst, maybe even better chemistry than they had on screen. Like, amazing chemistry and then it just feels weird because he's at the beginning of the movie he's just seeing visions of gwen's dad and then he doesn't for the rest of the movie until the very end and it's like what the i think they had so many good ideas they put them all in one movie yeah it it sucks and the more i talk about it the more i think that this movie needs to get a a weaker score from me um (laughs) but Here's here's the thing. I don't mind Jamie Foxx's Electro. No. I hate the line though. It's horrible writing. Oh, I'm Electro. Where, where he don't you know? I'm Electro. I'm like, God. It's bad. Please. Because somebody wrote that. <laughs> and it came from like nowhere. Like he didn't like have like a cool nickname for himself to start. Someone in Times Square called him like Electro Dork or something like that. And Here's the thing, too. Electro's plan, his... Okay, so the, 
the 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 movie starts and you feel bad for the guy. You're like, wow, Oscorp doesn't give a fuck about this guy. They stole his power plant designs. They're not re- rewarding or paying for it or anything. Then they sweep his death under the rug and they're like, damn, justice for Max. Justice for Max, man. Yeah. But then but then he even he comes out of the hospital morgue thing sorry not the hospital the morgue mm-hmm. and he marches to times square for some reason because he i think the, yeah, power. He the power i think yeah and up until he let me remind you he makes the mistake of taking a step back hitting a grate and it shocks him and then the sniper shoots him because they think he's attacking spider-man Yeah. He has no evil plan. He's not an evil villain. It's mm-hmm. just the fact that the police framed him into being this evil guy. And he was probably like, how, why didn't they arrest him? And while he was in that facility and go like, I, I'm not a bad guy. Yeah. I, my death was just swept under the rug by Oscorp. It had been a crazy good storyline if Electro was kind of on a Norman Osborn tear from mm-hmm. Spider-Man one and was like, I'm going to kill all the, everyone last of those fuckers. Yeah. And Spider-Man had to be like, yes, what they did was wrong, but you can't go and murder them. And that's how Electro and Spider-Man would that have would fought. Be way better. Yeah. Or yeah. Something like I, I, you know, it had been actually, this was the first time I watched this movie. Now that I like think about it, it was just for this. Um, I feel like a better storyline is so they set up that Max is a big admirer of um, of Spider-Man and he's sort of wronged by his company. He's not given the respect he deserves. He, you know, suffers this accident. I almost like the the angle of he feels like a sort of like a Frankenstein monster and he's just like not trying to like do anything wrong. He's just but he's, you know, in New York City and he's an electricity monster. So he's going to like do that and, you know the the conflict comes like from like a you know not like a misunderstanding but just him potentially trying to like get back to like his company i don't know that's not a bad that's that's a misunderstanding that's not a good movie never mind Can't yeah and and then like gwen stacy getting into oxford great for her she should have just left and and honestly her death as horrible as that scene is with him fighting goblin again one of the most iconic villains in Spider-Man history. The fight is a whole five minutes. Yeah. Um, and then he's defeated and then he goes to prison and for all for what, man? And then Gwen dies, which is a pretty moving death. I think mm-hmm. Andrew's performance in that scene really powerful is, is really powerful, but you know, it would have been a lot more powerful. I think that is a third movie arc when they have the sinister six. It's like finally the end. He gets to the, the head green goblin and, and, and that's when, the the famous scene is recreated as they did here for seemingly no reason because outside of the sinister six i don't really know what the plan was for the third movie because he doesn't really have anything left (laughs) this is a fun this is just great i'm not gonna get there's not much great trivia about this movie but the very first the very first one is just shailene woodley was cast as mary jane watson and even filmed scenes but her role was cut because the filmmakers felt that there were too many characters doing too many things. Huh. Wow, you decided to cut Mary Jane and not the Green Goblin? 
right? Yeah, or the Rhino, or Felicia, or. Um, but yeah, there's there's not many good good, good trivia here. Um, the one thing I wanted to pose the question to you, Matt, uh, is this worse than Spider Man Three? You are asking the right person. Um, I think it might be. Spider-Man oh, 3 yeah. has more enjoyable scenes than this movie does. Yeah, I think there's the aspect of, like, you know, the previous movie in both series relative. Like, the Amazing Spider-Man 1, like I said, it's a, it's a, to me, it's a B movie. It is good. It is not perfect. It's on, a, on Catch Me in the Right Mood. It's a great movie. But then this is just a mess that kind of falls apart mostly at the end. Um, that's when a lot of the big problems um, sort of come to light. Spider-Man three is like, after rewatching it, like it's definitely busy and it's overly long, but it's more just weird and not what we've come to expect, like from that series. So I think if I had to say, which is a, you know, better, film i think it would be i think i agree that it would be spider-man 3 and that this is just worse just for being confusing and just wasting i felt like my time was more wasted watching this movie than spider-man 3 right and then the last question we've dogged on spider-man 3 for doing this we've dogged on amazing spider-man 2 but spider-man no way home has five seemingly six villains are you worried at all no. Or do you think they've seen what they've done with those previous two movies and said, you know what? We're going to do this right. Especially with Kevin Feige's involvement, mm-hmm. it gives me hype or hope that they're, Kevin clearly could have easily been like, listen, Sony's made two Spider-Man movies that shit the bed for the same reason. Yeah. Let's not do this here. Yeah. And I feel like given what we kind of know about the storyline, they don't need to give all these villains the full backstory treatment, which just saves you so much time. Like they can just say, it's like, oh, this is just someone from the multiverse. This is just Willem Dafoe riding around on this thing. This is just Alfred Molina with these arms. This is just Jamie Foxx who can control electricity. Like given the circumstances that they're they're coming to, meet all these different villains like i said i feel like it gives them the time to um do interesting things with them and doesn't have to waste all this time setting them up yeah i agree tanner agreed i think they'll do a good job because well first of all they've seen how not to do it plus it's marvel and it's not just sony like you guys said and i i trust them I pray that it's good. Tonight is the, the the night we're recording. Tonight's the world premiere. People are seeing the movie in full tonight, right? At, literally as we speak. I know. Which pains me because I can't wait for the day that the binge boys are invited to the world premiere of <laughs> movies or at least given early screenings. But man, I wish I was there right now. It's going to be a fat fucking bummer if the movie sucks. <laughs> oh, I know. Or if it suffers from the same problem. But again, in Kevin Feige, we trust. Yes, we do. Big KF. So, guys, that's kind of the run through for the amazing Spider Man movies. We could easily spend 
hours breaking these down really super duper in depth but to celebrate today being spider-man day um the day you're listening to this uh the day that the movie comes out maybe listen to this on the way to the theater while you're standing in line just to kind of reiterate because if the rumors are true and we do get to see andrew garfield and toby mcguire back it'll be cool to revisit their movies and the strengths and weaknesses of each i think it sounds like the overwhelming strengths of the amazing spider-man movies were that peter and gwen's relationship in the cgi and that's pretty much it (laughs) the villains were all rushed with the exception of the lizard i really liked the lizard but Mm -hmm. um also an all-time spider-man scene the stan lee cameo in the first one where he's got the headphones on and then the lizard and spider-man are just in the background just you know yeah yeah, just doing villain shit um (laughs) that's the run through for the amazing spider-man movies hopefully everybody enjoys no way home we'll be back next week for episode 260 to talk all about it thanks matt and tanner for joining me on on this run through thank you we will see everybody next week see you guys This ad is almost 3 million gallons long because it's exactly the same amount of time it takes for that much water to flow over the deck at Niagara Falls. So how does the deck stand up to all that water? Thompson's Water Seal. Just another reason they call us America's recognized brand in water protection. Weather protected, water sealed. Thompson's Water Seal. Trust the seal. Available at a retailer near you.